HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, June 3rd, and this is the 66th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my originally planned guest was unable to make it, so instead, I have a very special guest calling in from Milan, Italy, and she's going to talk with us about the Expo Milano 2015 which I just got back from. But first, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to express love. Tell people how much they mean to you when you have the opportunity to do so. Oftentimes, we wait to tell people how special they are to us rather than say it now. So call it a coincidence, but today is my 66th episode, and my parents, who who were married in 1966, are here today visiting me in the studio. They are my number one fans, so I want to say on air, I love you, Mom and Dad, and I'm so grateful to have you both as my parents. You're the best. Now, sit back, enjoy Roberta's Pizza, and the show. That's my tip today. Now, I'm really excited to have my guest calling in from Milan, as where she is temporarily based. It is Elizabeth Thatcher Jones, the social media and culinary producer for the USA Pavilion at the Expo Milano 2015. Elizabeth is not only involved with this World Fair, but she is the founder of the Food Book Fair in New York City and co-founder of Food Plus Enterprise. She is a strategist, entrepreneur, and cyclist. So, ciao, Elizabeth. Are you out there? 
I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. And I, I love that I got to see you just a couple of days ago in Milan. Um, it was it was such a great experience. And I'm just excited to have to talk to you about what it's been like being at the expo and working in Milan. So how did you get started in the culinary industry? So uh, my first exposure to um, food was actually um, growing up. I I was um, a kid living in the suburbs of New York, not too far from the city. And my sister, who's 10 years older than me, was working at a well-known restaurant in Tribeca in um, downtown Manhattan called Chanterelle. And she worked um, in the front of house at Chanterelle for over 10 years. So um, when I was in middle school and then um, when I was in high school, I knew about this um, magical thing that she did. Um, She loved what she did there and built such an amazing community there and brought all the great um, recipes and food back home and would cook for us um, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And my parents didn't really cook very much. So all of a sudden we had these, you know, four-star meals um, by my sister who just really loved cooking. So I was lucky enough um, to then go and eat at Chanterelle. I was a senior in high school, and it was restaurant week. And back in the day, restaurant week was, the price was exactly the amount of the year. So it was $19.98. And five of my best girlfriends from high school, we all went and had this meal that made us realize, you know, food experiences are really like experiencing a, an artwork and, and a, a performance. So that was my first exposure to it. And then um, through studying, um, I really actually studied art and photography in college but my job right out of college, um, I was poor me. I was really um, unfortunate to get a, a gig with a caviar company, which was a sustainable caviar company. Um, and that was 10 years ago. I was doing marketing and really anything I could possibly do for um, this company to help sell and market their sustainable caviar, which um, was a James Beard award-winning Company. So I was out in San Francisco right after college, and that was um, where I launched my career in in food, which has taken me to various places. But that's really how I got my start. Wow, that's a great start. Because I mean, from Chanterelle and caviar, I could see how that would influence you want to stay in the industry. So then, what brought you to New York? Well. Growing up in New York, I was eager to see other parts of the country, but um, after being in San Francisco for four years, I decided I wanted to go and get another degree, Um, and I was looking at different programs. I thought an MBA would be the right thing for me, partly because I have this entrepreneurial streak. I um, started a a very short-lived cycling tour company in Northern California, and it was a real lesson in understanding that, you know, just because you have a URL and a website doesn't mean everyone's going to come and 
and patronize your business. And so um, we had one season of leading cycling tours of biodynamic wineries and incorporating the caviar into that experience. And then I realized it was time to go back to my roots in New York and um, ended up for a couple years um, working with uh, the Rockwell Group and David Rockwell doing strategy and and um, sort of thinking about food trends. And this was in uh, the, the uh, late 2000s. So um, the idea that you could land a restaurant reservation online um, with a click, um, you know, at midnight or um, follow a food truck and get the best uh, food that um, you could find by using Twitter, that was a new thing at that point. And so I became really interested in that, and um, it led me to the NYU Food Studies program, where um, as I was pursuing a, a master's degree, I was also um, volunteering and um, looking for opportunities to get more involved in uh, local food work. So San Francisco really left this impact on me in terms of how um, local and sustainable is sort of part of the DNA there. And in the late 2000s in New York, it was becoming something interesting and and somewhat trendy. And uh, so I found myself um, working with artists and designers who were using food as a medium to express ideas that we're beyond just deliciousness, beyond, you know, entrepreneurship, um, design and art. And um, it was a stepping stone to do something more. And so, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm still working on my master's degree because I, I got a little bit distracted um, here coming to um, work for the USA Pavilion in Milan and um, as you mentioned, you know, the Food Book Fair and a, a couple other projects that are keeping me busy. Everything you've done is, is so impressive, and, and don't feel bad about that because I'm still working on my master's, I guess you could say, because I was in the food studies program starting in 1998. Well, it was, I think it was oh, in its oh. second year. <laughs> and, and get this, Mitchell Davis taught my food writing class, and that's oh, how wow. I met Mitchell. And, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny because now, I mean, as you know, but maybe not all the listeners know, so Mitchell is is living in Milan right now too, um, and and a big part of of what's happening there, the U.S. Pavilion, and um, and with the James Beard Foundation. So um, it's small world, right? Very small world. I ask Mitchell sometimes, why doesn't he come back and teach? Because maybe then I'd go back and finish my degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe me too. <laughs> so, so, um, so, so, this job you're doing out in Milan. So, who approached you to come out there, and and what what is your role? So, a year ago, I guess it was May 2014. I got a phone call from a friend who is the marketing director for a food truck, a very successful uh, food truck company called Kelvin's Natural Soda. Her name's Helena Tubis. And um, she said, you know, my my other friend is looking for somebody to help out with 
the World Expo in Milan in 2015, and I immediately went straight to Google, you know, what is Expo and what is happening in Milan in 2015? I had no idea. And um, I realized that, you know, the Expo is the World's Fair. Um, it switched over uh, in the 70s and um, is really what we know to be the World's Fair. It's a six-month-long festival, and based on where it is, it can be a trade fair focused on um, building business and and local and um, national economies. And, I mean, there were many layers that I, I dove deep into, and, of course, you know, this... World Fair felt like the ideal World Fair to be a part of because the theme is food and sustainability. And so when I got that call, the the, um, the real uh, ask was from from Helena and um, the the guy that she was really good friends with that um, who was working on it before was work on the food trucks, and I never worked on a food truck before like I said I'd under I understand you know the the movement and I've looked at it from sort of an academic perspective or you know a marketing perspective um, but you know to have food trucks in Milan think about the implication of bringing American street food to a place like Italy um, was a very exciting and big challenge yeah, and you you definitely pulled it off because from being there, so that's a, a large uh, part of the exhibition for America having food truck nation. Um, so is that is that a, a rotating list of trucks there, or is that because I I did walk through, um, I didn't eat because I decided to go to Kuwait for lunch instead. <laughs> because because me. I could and I can get the American food more more easily here. But um, you want to talk more about um, the food truck nation? What's happening there? Yeah. So initially, the food trucks. When I first saw the rendering, our architect James Bieber, who um, designed our our pavilion, had initially put the food trucks lined up right in front of the pavilion, and so we had six. And um, they, we found out very early on, had to be permanently parked, so they weren't going to be trucks that were, were ever going to be able to drive around because of security issues, because of uh, the necessity for power, and because of the crowds that are coming to Expo. In fact, this past uh, Saturday, we had our largest um, attendance of Expo ever, I think, um, through our pavilion itself, we had over 5,000 people, and, and we were told that we are the most attended pavilion of all of the pavilions. I um, was there was, that day. Sorry to interrupt, but I day. added to that. Day. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So the food trucks. Then um, we realized that the exhaust from the trucks could potentially hurt the vertical farm. Because if you're making, you know, 2,000 burgers out of one truck in a day, which is not a number that any food truck on the streets of New York or L.A. or anywhere would be able to pull off, 
Um, but our food trucks have storage next to them, so we can easily replenish those burgers throughout the day. Um, they are um, really high quality, so uh, we're not, um, let's say, using frozen product that we're just putting on the grill. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the number one element of what we want to do is make really good, high-quality food and use uh, the products that are available to us in Italy to do that. Um, this is Black Angus beef, the burgers are, from Kansas. Um, so when we saw that exhaust coming out, uh, we realized that we really needed our own food truck park, similar to food truck rallies that, you know, you see in New York at Prospect Park where 10 trucks will park for the day and you can go, you know, with a group of friends and try a little bit of everything. And so we really tried to mimic that. But the trucks themselves are inspired by trucks that are riding the streets of New York and of of the U.S. You know, we discovered that um, there are tens of thousands of food trucks all over the U.S., and we wanted to represent everybody. So going back to the hamburger, that was the obvious choice, to have a hamburger that um, flavor profile the, we call it the sauce of the day, um, we change out that um, in in Italian, it's actually the salsa of the day, but um, in uh, English, it's really the sauce that we change out um, throughout the six months, and that sauce will represent different states throughout the U.S. Uh, we also have a seafood truck, which has a lobster roll, and right now it has a very limey shrimp roll, which is inspired by um, an area in southern Florida that has partnered with us um, to um, highlight the the culinary um, elements of of that area of the world. And we have a dessert truck and a beverage truck. And then lastly, and um, today we actually had a famous a barbecue a pit master who came through our pavilion and, and our food truck park. Uh, his name's Wayne Mueller from Louis Mueller's Barbecue in um, Texas, right outside of Austin. And so uh, we have this barbecue truck, which has uh, brisket and um, ribs, and it's all really delicious barbecue that's made from a, a local um, pitmaster here in Milan, who is a, a transplant from uh, the south of, you know, the U.S. Wow. So we've wow. tried to hit a lot of, you know, the regional cuisines in, in our country that um, are not as well known here in Italy. It sounds awesome. I'm thinking I should probably eat at the, the Truck Nation, <laughs> but uh, next time. <laughs> okay. Yay. Six months, so you can come back. Okay, maybe I will. Um, we're going to take a little break here um, and come back. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Elizabeth Thatcher Jones, social media and culinary producer for the USA Pavilion at Expo Milano 2015. So before the break, we were talking a bit about the trucks, and I wanted to get into a little more about the U.S. Uh, Pavilion, the other part being uh, the 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 main exhibition and the video that was downstairs that I saw, I I thought it was really well done because I think it's hard to uh, capture the U.S. food scene because it is so diverse. And I think you guys did a really great job with that. Um, what's Thank what's you. been the – you're welcome. What's been the reaction of people – I mean – or do you just want to talk a bit about about how that was put together? Sure. Yeah. So um, the the team here is um, we have Mitchell, who is our chief creative officer, and Dorothy Can Hamilton, who's the president. Both have shows on Heritage Radio, so I know that um, y'all are familiar with them. Yes. And then um, yeah, and they both of them have. Um, been very uh, deeply involved in all the content. And, you know, from the day that I started, there was a lot of uh, research and a lot of uh, a deep dive into all that could be possible with um, so much that is going on, all the action that um, we're seeing here in the U.S. Uh, around food from Yes, the trends of food trucks, but also um, the issues that are important on um, a global scale. So, you know, the mission and the mandate has always been um, how do we feed 9 billion by 2050? Um, and that is something that um, our Secretary of State, John Kerry, has said, you know, and as well as our president, um, Obama has said, this is why we're participating, because we have to, as a country, participate in the solution um, to this you know, big problem. And it's not one sol- solution, it's a lot of solutions. And um, the countries that are here at Expo, too, are definitely um, talking about that and highlighting the best of uh, what their countries can do in a first step to um, addressing that bigger, bigger picture um, question. So for the U.S., um, we have our um, boardwalk exhibition. So when you walk in, um, there are six content stations that all talk about um, various initiatives that are happening uh, within our country um, through academia, through um, Native American cultures, 
through farming and policy, cooking, nutrition, um, and our industry, as well as our American Perspectives Wall, which has quotes and um, mentions around uh, leadership for uh, global food security. Um, There's a quote, a Wendell Berry quote, uh, as well as um, many quotes that were where we asked um, individuals within our government to say, what what would you have to say about how food can impact these bigger issues? Yeah, and the overall theme is American Food 2.0, um, which which I, I uh, is a great name for the concept or the theme that's going on. Um, with your role with social media and culinary producer. I mean, what is a day in the life? Like, how are you, how are you managing that? Um, well, like I said, we're pretty small. Um, so, uh, I guess I get two titles in part because culinary producer had to do with, um, all the beginning stuff, you know, thinking about what these food trucks were going to be building our, um, food truck advisory board so that we had, uh, uh, leaders within um, food trucks, uh, entrepreneurship, and advocacy um, who are looking at food trucks as a conduit um, for creating um, change, whether it be around um, labor issues or the fact that food trucks can only park in certain places at certain times or that food trucks are a place as an incubator for um culinary um, hybridization of, of different um, types of foods and um, flavors that might be unexpected. And um, the social media part is something that, um, to be honest with you, we had a couple consultancies that we were working with, and um, no one uh, that we really worked with has ever worked on a World's Fair before. Uh, so um, the strategy for building a social media campaign um, is not yet defined. This is the first social expo. Um, this is the first expo that um, has ever allowed and promoted and um, cultivated a social media following. If you look at Expo 2015 uh, Milano, that's their Twitter handle and their Facebook handle and their Instagram handle, they've done um, an incredible job at building um, a news feed and a voice for Expo as a whole um, so that if you're not actually able to go to Milan, you know, I joke that you should come back, Sherry, but um, it's certainly not something that everybody who is part of our community um, can do. And, um, you know, so much of the great work that's happening around food in the U.S. is happening on, in local um, communities. So to blow that up to what's going on in Milan, um, we've done a really um, sincere and sort of deep, like, you know, deep uh, um, work into bringing that there. Um, but, you know, a lot of people walk through the pavilion and they're thinking about going to the food trucks or they're thinking about what they're going to eat for lunch. Um, so to have social media be a place where we can interact with 
the larger community, we can um, use it as a way to say, hey, we're having Wayne Mueller come and talk about barbecue. And, you know, probably four people that see that tweet are going to come. Everyone else who's, who's there, um, they might just be walking through the pavilion at that moment and see that there's someone speaking um, and that there's someone translating in Italian to speak their language. And then they get, then their mouths drop open when they hear, oh, wow, barbecue is <laughs> something that is cooked for, you know, 30 hours. If you have like a 30-pound um, piece of meat, in the smoker, then you actually cook something for 30 hours. And, and, you know, these little, like, aha moments where you realize, you know, we're so inundated with, uh, as Americans, with not just what is barbecue now, but right. what are the differences. Right. But um, to Italians, it's a completely new um, flavor profile yeah. and um, tradition and um cooking ways that are so foreign um, in so many ways. So those are really great moments. And, and to be able to capture those on social media and share them, um, you know, if it's live tweeting a talk or, or whatnot, it's, it's yeah. an honor to be able to do that. Yeah, you, 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 you've been doing an incredible job. And it's interesting, too, that I found out about the JBF American Restaurant through your Instagram feed, which goes to show you the power that you have, because then I ended up going to the dinner, which I will talk about in my solo dining experience. But that's a whole other component of of the American Pavilion that's happening, um, which is really cool, I have to say. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I can't, you know, I can say thank you, but I, I'm not really a part of the restaurant all that much. Um, but you're on the whole place. team. You're a part of it to me because it's the <laughs> U.S. team in Milan. So I give you credit. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. My colleague, uh, Diana Perez, who's also doing social media, has been at every single meal since the day we opened um, we are a little bit of a small fish in a big pond. Um, it was so awesome to hear that you wanted to come to dinner with us because, to be honest with you, there are um, so many great restaurants in this town and outside of this town, and I know you got to experience some of them. Um, and so uh, to be able to you know, be a part of a platform where we're sharing um, the other kind of American food, <laughs> the, you know, the chef um, and restaurant world that is so vast and growing and exciting um, in the U.S. with uh, a community here. Um, it's been very, uh, very much a DIY effort of, um, you know, getting the right partners in place and opening the doors um, to um, a community that doesn't you know, Daniel Hum is certainly a name that rings a bell for uh, people in in the industry. Um, but we still have to educate folks to let them know um, about all the great restaurants and that these chefs are, you know, as learned as um, the Italian grandmas that are cooking at many of the other restaurants um, here in Milan. And 
Um, tonight we have Maria Hines from Seattle. Tomorrow we actually are bringing in an Italian chef just to mix it up a little bit. Um, Christina Bowerman um, from um, Osteria um, Glass from Rome. And um, then we have Art Smith. Um, so, you know, these chefs are actually, uh, for the most part, not the one, not the big names from New York. You know, certainly there are many of those, but the goal was to represent chefs from all over the country. So we have um, this weekend um, a chef duo from Minneapolis. One is a Native American chef called the Sioux Chef, as in um, the Sioux Native American tribe. And Lenny Russo from Heartland Restaurant, who just won a James Beard Award. Um, certainly, the you know the James Beard Foundation and the, that um, affiliation and that name is so um, important to what we are doing because you have the tradition of the James Beard House in New York, and each night there, just like each night here, is a performance. It really is about. Um, an experience and an opportunity to interact with a chef um, at the end of the meal, ask some questions and talk about either the concept and and then also what brought them to Milan and what you know right what their experience has been. Yeah, no, I'm glad I, I'm really glad I got to experience it and for sure I wouldn't have minded dining out in Milan separately um the food scene is is quite amazing there and um i really enjoyed visiting milan but um i figured while i was there just get the most of it of the expo and so i was glad to see you guys were doing that and it's at the end of the show i'll talk about my experience so um we're going to take another break here and we're going to come back we're going to do my speed round game talk some industry news this is on the industry on heritage radio network Okay, we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Elizabeth Thatcher Jones. It's time for my speed round game. So, Elizabeth, what this is, is I'm going to name two things and you just pick your preference. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Wine, beer, or cocktail? Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Large plates. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Communal table or chef's counter? Communal table. Great. A few more. USA Pavilion or any other pavilion? USA Pavilion. Yeah, all the that, way. that was a given. <laughs> How about uh, espresso or cappuccino? Espresso. 
cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Last one, Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Milan? Right now, Milan. Woo, Milan wins. <laughs> well, it must be fun living out there, you know, a different experience from from New York City, San Francisco. And, uh, yeah. Well, great. Yeah. You were really good at the game. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, so industry news. The big story this week I have in the New York Times... World's 50 Best Restaurants Announced Amid Criticism Over Voting. This article was by Julia Moskin. And um, as people, I think, in the food world know, this week uh, it was announced, the the 50 Best Restaurant List, which uh, does have some controversy about it, but it's I find it it's a big celebration of restaurants and exciting. So the number one was El Celer de Can Roca in Spain, which was i think two it bumped noma down to three and osteria francescana in modena italy to number two and lucky me got to have lunch there on friday so i'm feeling pretty cool (laughs) um what do you think of this list that's the coolest thing ever the the list or my lunch I mean, the fact that you had lunch and then two days later. Yeah. No, it was, and Massimo Bottura, I can see why he's so popular. He's he's uh, quite a, a nice um, a nice man. He gave me a chunk of cheese to bring home with me. Um, and and I just really enjoyed meeting him. And so I was really happy to see that he's he's now number, number two. Um, and this list also, so Daniel Hum, uh, number five from 11 Madison Park, and Blue Hillstone Barnes got made the list at 49. And um, it was a very, I don't know, there was, I was reading how it was much more of a global reach with covering restaurants in India and Korea and Russia um, compared to other years. So... Um, the the controversy part of it, I, I think, is that people, they were saying how the voters don't really have to show proof that they've gone to these restaurants within the last 18 months. And so um, some people criticize the list. I don't I don't know. Um, what's your take on on this? You know, my take is that um, I don't know too much about the controversy, but. I think that the people that I've interacted with who have a say, um, and one being Mitchell Davis, who um, was in London for the past few days as um, a participant, um, has you know a lot of integrity and um, works hard to uh, know what he's. Um, you know, they they work hard to know what they're voting. And and uh, the competition is fierce, you know. So um, there's a lot of um, attention being played on which regions get more attention and um, which chefs get to stay at the top. And certainly, um, you know, the gender issue being female is something that I'm I'm very close to. So I'm always looking to see um, if any. Women get um, the same sort of um, attention, 
and there's a lot of work to be done there. So um, I would say that, you know, is the controversy that I'm paying attention to. Um, but, you know, I haven't, I'm not as lucky as you. I haven't eaten at <laughs> um, Botoda's uh, restaurant yet. So um, I'm going to have to do that very soon while I'm here. Yeah, it's two-hour train ride worth doing if you can get a reservation. Um, I would recommend it. And uh, it's exciting, too, next year. Well, for New York, they decided um, they're bringing this award ceremony to New York City. Uh, it's been in London all these years. And actually, it was you know, all these people that I just ran into at these dinners, Daniel Hum and Massimo, they were all going to London. Um, I felt, you know... Uh, really more of a part of this um, celebration of restaurants. And I agree with you. I know some people who are voters and I, I believe I trust their opinion. And I think, um, I think it's exciting. And I think it's also um, exciting that Daniel Ballou got the lifetime achievement award. I think that's very well deserved. So, um, yeah. So congratulations to, to everyone on the list. There's also a 51 to 100 list that they do. Um, so you can go online and check that out. Okay, so we're going to take one more break here and come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Oh, won't you save all your pumpkin pie? Oh, won't you save all your All of the music pie? on today's show has been by the California Honey Drops, and we Just will be right back. girl. Please don't give none away. Let it get sweeter by the day. Oh, won't you save it, baby? Won't you save it? Oh, won't you save it all for me? Save all your cherry jam. Oh, won't you save all your cherry jam? Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience of the week, which is at the James Beard Foundation's American Restaurant as a part of Expo Milano 2015, which we've been talking about. So here's the rundown. The location. Seven Stars Galleria atop the landmark Galleria Vittorio Emanuele at Piazza della Scala in Milan, Italy. The concept, a unique showcase for American gastronomy with rotating all-star chefs. The chef, Daniel Hum of 11 Madison Park in New York City. Why did I go? Because I was in town for the expo and excited to check out the JBF restaurant concept And I was excited that Daniel was the chef the night I happened to be in town. My experience. I arrived at 7.30 and welcomed at a a reception on the fifth floor with an amazing view of the Galleria. Past appetizers, including scallop and pistachio, were served. Champagne was flowing. Well, for me, I had sparkling water. I chatted with a lovely couple from Milan, and then we were seated in the dining room at communal tables. I sat next to a couple from Arkansas, and we enjoyed a four-course tasting menu that had wine pairings. Daniel greeted the dining room, answered questions at the end, and went around to all of the tables. The staff was very welcoming. What did I get? Well, the four courses were lobster and tomato salad, turbo, favas, and ramps, uh, lamb, eggplant, and yogurt, 
and milk and honey. There was also Mass Brothers chocolate bars with a guessing game to match the milk with the bars. My take? Excellent day. I loved every chorus, which were also beautifully presented. The scene, it was a mix of tourists and local Italians. Perfect for anyone who's in Milan and appreciates good quality food and wine and a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Interesting tidbits. The Galleria space was being used for the first time for these dinners. It was designed as an apartment. And I learned that Martha Stewart was going to be a guest at the restaurant this week. Personal fun facts. I met Ambassador Philip Rieker, the U.S. Consul General to Milan. But I didn't get to see Mitchell Davis, who's usually there, as he, well, he, was go- he wasn't in London yet, but he wasn't there that evening. He is the chief creative officer for the USA Pavilion. He's also a fellow, fellow Heritage Radio Network host, and he's the executive vice president for the James Beard Foundation. So great job, Mitchell. Lastly, I love seeing Daniel Hum. He's one of the nicest and most talented chefs that I know. And as we said earlier, he was in London a couple days later for the world's 50 best awards, which EMP placed number five and also received chef's choice. So congratulations. The cost, $120. Would I go back if and when in Italy? Of course. Their website is usapavilion2015.net and they're using the hashtag JBAR. So that's my rundown, and now it's time for the final question. So, Elizabeth, I wanted to see if you could ask a question for Jean-Francois Bonnet, who's my guest next week. He is the executive pastry chef of Tumbador Chocolate, which is a handcrafted chocolate company based in Brooklyn. So are you there? Can you ask Jean-Francois a question? Did I lose you, Elizabeth? Um, yes. No, I, I'm here. You know, there is uh, in and out, so I'm sorry if I... Oh, that's okay. ...delayed and in response, but um, my question for Francois would be, um, what brought you to Brooklyn to make chocolate? Good question. He used to work at Danielle, so he has experience, um, but I... I'll, curious to find out what he says about that so thank you so um that's been the show um i'm so glad i got to see you in milan and i i really think you're doing an amazing job and i look forward to following along on your social media thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure and um, now I'm missing Brooklyn and New York more and more <laughs> just talking to you. I can hear the um, the fires burning at Roberta's uh, in the background, and I'm missing uh, the um, pizza and good uh, local beer. <laughs> I haven't had a beer. That <laughs> well, when you get so. back... We'll meet um, up for some pizza, and 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 you can have some beers. And uh, meanwhile, you're where you're at right now. I bet you can find some good pizza, right? Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's some of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, I've been talking to Elizabeth Thacker Jones. She's a social media and culinary producer for USA Pavilion at Expo Milano 2015. You can follow her at Elizabeth T. Jones at USA Pavilion 2015, or that's 2015. 
Yeah. And at Expo 2015 Milano. You can also follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry, at Heritage underscore Radio. My Facebook page is All in the Industry, and my website's BayerPublicRelations.com. All of our shows are archived on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Yes? Hi. Did I get that right? Sorry. I, I just Oh, you got it right. I just wanted, sorry, I, I was cutting in and out, but I wanted to say hello to your parents and, and thank you for having me on the show with them. That's so sweet. You're welcome. They are actually sitting eating pizza outside the window and it's been a very exciting show and I, I'm just, I just love them so much and I'm just grateful that they're here. So um, thank you for saying that. I'm sure you made their day. okay so we're going to wrap this up thanks to jack and to elizabeth uh this is all in the industry i'll be back next wednesday at four o'clock with another live show i'm sherry bayer see you then bye thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.